Good day to you all. Welcome to Generation Tech. I'm Todd Brinker. I am joined, as always, by my dad, Jack Brinker, the other generation. Hello. How is everyone this morning? It's uh, We record today on Monday the 18th, as we record. And so uh, in a few hours, Apple will al start allowing downloading of iOS and iPad OS 17. Dun, 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 finally. So those of us who, who don't have the new phones yet, which is everybody because they don't ship till the 22nd, um, will uh, be able to at least have some new functionality and some new new toy to play with, right? Your, your phone becomes yeah. new again, in a sense. That's it. And so, yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to it. probably one of the best features of the iPhone is, you know, you can have it for seven or more years, usually, before you get ruled out. Yeah, yeah, they tend to keep it live for somewhere between, you know, six and eight years. And uh, so if you buy a model, it will be, you know, get all the feature ups for those, you know, six to eight years. And very often those feature updates. Now, some of them require, you know, newer hardware built into newer models. So you may get some of the yeah. functions and not others. But but anything that your phone's capable of running, you know, without uh, an unreasonable amount of drag, they make it available to everybody. And so you you get new functionality with your phone as time goes along, which is kind of cool. Yep. Anyhow, cool. uh, our first topic today is about the the new iPhone and a, a feature that really wasn't uh, mentioned, I don't believe, in the presentation. At least I hadn't heard of it. Yeah, they talked about lightness, but they didn't really talk about the, the why it feels lighter. And yeah. not all of it is due to weight, which is some people may think of as a little bit of, of, of a surprise. But um, they, they talk about something called the moment of inertia. And if you're a bowler like I am, you understand moment of inertia because it is something that you take into account when you purchase a new bowling ball. And it has to do with the object that you're dealing with. Where is the weight centered? Is it more towards the center or is it more towards the edges? And in the case of the iPhone, the stainless steel band was out on the edges, right? And yep. so when you went to turn the phone or move the phone in your hand, a lot of weight had to get moved to a larger distance around the center as you would hold the phone. And, uh, Apparently, studies have shown that the perception of weight is heavily influenced by the moment of inertia of a given object. And because the titanium is significantly lighter, the moment of inertia is less because there's more weight towards the center of the phone rather than out on the edges, comparatively speaking. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I wish I remembered the formula for inertia, but it might be... Uh Weight squared or something like that, you know. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, yeah. There's not. a calculation, um, and uh, the the in bowling terms they talk about CG or center of gravity, but it, that's the same thing. It's moment of inertia, um, uh, in terms of like where is the weight located. But you don't have you don't have to be a physics major if you pick up the new iPhone. The larger part of the feel of it has mm -hmm. to do with that with that factor rather than just being lighter. Right. Just if you pick it straight up, yep, it's lighter. But mm -hmm. then you go to turn it uh, in your, uh, while well, you've got it in your hand, and it also feels much lighter. Right, because it will it will rotate and turn faster and, and, and easier. It's yeah. funny because I remember um, in talking about cars, I, I uh, have been a, a fan of Porsche cars for a long time. And when they came out with the 928 back in the late 70s or mid-70s, 
it has a front engine and rear transmission, so it has almost 50-50 weight ratio. But because the transmission's out at one end and the engine's out at the other end, it has a high moment of inertia. So it, it's not a, it, it's not it's very solid in a turn, but it it doesn't turn real quickly. And you compare that to like the 914, which was a mid-engine, sort of like the current Boxsters or mid-engine cars. Mm-hmm. Then the uh, the weight is centered and more in the center, not out on the edges. So it has a, um, uh, you know, a is that a high? I can't remember if I'm I'm getting the high and the low backwards, maybe. But the uh, the moment of inertia is 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 significantly different because the car rotates around the heavy weight in the middle with a with a uh, with a um, mid engine vehicle, which is why high performance cars do that because they want to be able to to turn quickly around corners to have a sharpness, a lightness to them. Mm -hmm. So, Yep. But if you're a normal driver, you want it to go straight down the road usually, so you like that uh, weight. Yeah, exactly. You want the weight out of the periphery more because you want a more solid sense of the vehicle, that it's not twitchy, right? (laughs) You don't want want to turn it a little bit and have the thing, you know, do a 180 on you, generally speaking. Yeah, that's that's why you need to get the feel of a car when you first get in it, so that mm-hmm. you don't go ripping off and and even create yeah. an accident because it doesn't uh, perform like you were used to. Yeah, ironically, the I, I have a 928, and I remember shortly after I first bought it, I was sitting at an intersection waiting for an opening in traffic, and it was a fairly busy street, and I finally saw an opening, and I took it, and I let out the clutch and pushed on the gas so that I could get across in the spot that I had, broke the wheel loose, spun sideways, and ended up next to the curb on the other side of the road because my I, I lost control of the vehicle. And okay. I drove it like a grandma for the next month because it was like it made a, 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 you know, a high moment of inertia uh, because of the weight being out of the periphery, but it's got a lot of power, too. <laughs> You didn't tell me that. Yeah, yeah, it scared the bejeebies out of me. Let me tell you, and I was, yeah. it was, I was going like at, uh, at, at, I was at work going to lunch, you know, wow. and and I came back to work. I think pale. <laughs> it was like <laughs> I almost died out there. Gosh, that would have been bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. So anyway, it's a real moment of inertia. Now, yeah. Next topic. It's lighter than you think. (laughs) So, yeah, next thing is stuff that wasn't mentioned but was was kind of secretly dropped from the Apple store. Yeah, because it it had the wrong kind of connector on it. Uh, These are battery packs we're talking about. Yeah. MagSafe battery packs. uh, Yeah. Well, they had the MagSafe battery pack and then the MagSafe Duo charger. So Apple sold two different types of batteries that attached to the back of the iPhone 12 and up, they'd snap on with a magnet. They're supposing they may return at some point, you know, maybe November or whenever. Yeah. Uh, with with USB-C ports to fit the new uh, phones. But yeah. uh, at the present time, you can't buy those batteries for it yeah. either. Or at least from Apple, you can't buy them. The thing is, too, that if oh, you buy yeah. one or if you have one from a previous phone, they'll still work just fine. Sure. It just means that if you're going to charge the battery you need to use a lightning connector. And if you're charging the phone, if you have an iPhone, one of the new iPhone 15s, you have to use a USB-C connector. So, you know, it'll mean... Uh, uh, it, I think the whole transition from lightning to USB-C, you know, is is not a nice, neat, clean thing. It's going to be something that takes a little while to happen. 
uh, yeah. for, for everybody. We're going to have both cables around for a while. You know, um, I mean, I sit here and I see an Apple remote and an Apple uh, trackpad, both of which charge by v via lightning. And I've got a an Apple uh, smart keyboard in front of me that also charges via lightning. So, you know, I'm going to continue to have lightning things in my life for a while. I'm not going to rush out and replace these things, even if they had a brand new one tomorrow. There's no, you know, perfectly good keyboard, perfectly good trackpad. Mm. You know, so yeah. I'm not going to reach out to change those things because you don't. I don't charge them that often. I've got a lightning charger, you know, connector plugged into a power brick right here next to me, so I could charge any of them up easily. Um, I think I shared with you something that I did a while ago, though, in sort of in anticipation of this, is when I needed new power bricks, I bought USB-C based and usually the gallium power bricks. So they're smaller and they come out USB-C so they can carry more current. And then mm -hmm. uh, USB-C to USB-C cables. And then I've got a, I found a company on, uh, on Amazon that makes a little adapter that you snap onto the USB-C that turns it into a uh, MFI lightning adapter. And so, and it attaches to the cable with the little rubber bandy thing. So that way, you know, I can use it as a USB-C in its native sense. But if I need a lightning cable, I just snap the adapter on and then I can plug in existing USB-C stuff. Yeah. Well, the only battery that I ever bought was for your mom's phone. That was back on her, but she had a 13, I think it was. Oh, no, she doesn't have a 13. That That's the, she has a I, I, I don't mean... You have I, the 13. I have I have the 13. That's yeah. Hers is a 6S, I think. Yeah, it's a really old one. Yeah, but that, that yeah. was pre-MagSafe, so this was one that was just built into the case. It was the, uh, the uh, like, silicone rubbery kind of case that had a battery built into it, right? Yeah, but anyway, Apple. we... It was we the camel hump. <laughs> yeah, we, we replaced that phone, and so then, uh, I don't remember, I think I just trashed the battery because I didn't have any yeah. use for it. Yeah, well, it only fit phones of that specific size, unlike the MagSafe, well, I, you know, that battery I remember, was dedicated. I remember why I trashed it, because the case wouldn't work, you know, like they usually do. Right, don't. Well, and the silicone and, became real gummy, didn't it? It was like falling apart. Yeah, and, and this uh, particular uh, battery was actually built right into the, the case. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was saying. It was only good for phones of that size, and it was silicone, yeah. so it has kind of a limited yeah. life because silicone tends to get soft and gummy over a period of time and you just have to toss it, so anyway she's done just fine we went because we sit at home about 99.7 percent of the time yeah <laughs> she just yeah. plugs it in <laughs> yeah and you didn't replace the phone she still has that iphone 6s as i recall correct oh Probably, yeah. Maybe yeah. that's what it was. The, that, the case was just falling apart, right. so I had to replace that. Because we've talked about it repeatedly about you replacing that phone with the current SE, which would give her the same guts as your phone, and she could then have the latest software and stuff. And at one point you said you were going to get that, but you still haven't unless you did it, didn't tell me. No, I didn't tell. Didn't didn't get it. Because that's going to be the last phone that still has the button. I mean, it physically will look exactly like the phone she has right now. Ah, uh, yeah. So, so maybe I better get on the on the ball here. Yeah, well, assuming they haven't replaced it and it's still available when I'm there in November, maybe we'll <laughs> I'll get you off the stick and we'll do something. Yeah. Surprise well, her. She'll appreciate it. Yeah. I so, say that very tongue-in-cheek because I don't think she would appreciate it at all. She's just like, I don't care. As long as it works. As right. long as it works, I don't care. 
That's right. So, but you know, she probably should at least get something that current upgrades. And I mean, she's she's the, that yeah, that phone is not only out out of the current updates, but then after the six to eight years of updates, then they usually give it like security updates for another two or three years. She's beyond oh. that, so it's like not supported. <laughs> that is a not supported phone anymore. Um, yeah. You know, so. Not that she but, does anything fancy on her phone that would probably be a, a security risk. But. And, and when they ask for the value of a trade-in phone, and they'll tell you it's worth zero. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we'll do the favor of recycling it. That's what we'll do for you. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyhow. So anyway, yeah, they expect, they said that when the original MagSafe batteries came out, it was several months after the uh, iPhone 12, which was the first phone that had the MagSafe connector on the back of it. Uh, and so, you know, we'll see. Um, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if we see MagSafe batteries come back to Apple at some point down the road, like you said, probably with USB-C connectors. Mm -hmm. you know, they just probably weren't ready to announce it this, this time. And, and like I said, if you have one, if you have a USB-C battery, um, they'll still work just fine. And yep. so, there's, you know, you just have to charge it with, with um, I'm sorry, if you have a uh, lightning based battery it'll still work via magsafe just fine with the phones you just have to charge it with a lightning cable instead of USB-C. yeah all i need is more cables on on my desktop yeah <laughs> no, you should see mine i actually bought these i bought these little plastic black things that like are like a comb and you run your cables through them uh-huh and so i've got them in two places in my office here next to my desk i have a like a multi-port power brick and I have the a cable sort of running through this little comb thing so that I can grab which one I need. And so I've got a couple lightning, I've got a USB-C, and I still have a micro USB because I've got a few little odd things that charge via micro USB. Yeah. Which By the by the way, uh, have they told you when you're going to receive your phone or are you just expecting it on a 20 well, second? So, yeah, one of the things we're going to talk about a little bit further down here is yeah. timelines for phones. On mine, I have not received an email from uh, Apple yet saying that it is shipped, so I don't have a confirmed date. But uh, when I purchased it, it still said the 22nd. So I got it early. I got online early in the morning, and uh, and so it said it's it's coming on you know on the 22nd. I yeah, don't... but you, you were also all subscribed for the uh, automatic replacement plan, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm part of the the basically the subscription plan for the phone, right? And, so... and I would guess that they're going to give you a preference. Preferred. You know, yeah, I, I didn't see anything specific saying that, but, it you know, it seems to make sense for those who, who have that deal. Well, and what they did for you, and it, what I understand is anybody could have done this, is you can go in and pick out everything you want on your phone, and then there's an option to save it to your calendar, which I did. And and it's, so it saves it to the calendar, and, and I had a calendar event for, you know, in my time zone it was 5 a.m. and yours it was 8 a.m., uh, when they open the, the store up, right? So mm -hmm. I set my alarm and woke up a little before 5 a.m. And what was nice is if I went to the calendar, in the calendar in the notes field, they'd put a link. And all I do is click on that link, and it took me right into the iPhone um, App Store app and right into the purchase this. And it, mm -hmm. everything that I had selected was already there and saved for me. So all I had to do is click the link, click yes, get that. Oh, and that's a good way to order. Yeah. yeah, so I didn't have to go and, like, configure it when I wanted to order it. I had it all pre-configured and ready to go. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. 
And for me, the app store opened up about four minutes after five. So at five o'clock, I started going to it and it kept saying, not open, be patient. We'll be there soon, you know? <laughs> and, yeah. and, it, and finally it like popped in and, and it was like, okay, do you want to buy it? I went, yep, that's the one. So. Yeah, very good. So, and I, and I ordered the, um, the larger phone, the Max, the Pro Max in, in original or in uh, native titanium. And while we're at it, let's just say that's Tim's favorite color. It is, yeah. They asked Tim <laughs> Cook which one he liked, and he said he liked the natural titanium. And then, of course, he hedged it by saying, but I like all of them. You know? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which yeah, is literally, yeah. I think, what the interviewer said. When he said that, the interviewer went, of course. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> With a slight eye roll. Of course you like all of them. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's being titanium. Titanium, it's a, it's also an ad for, for that, you know, lightweight. Yeah. So it says more than one, you know, when you see that, you know. Yeah. Well, and I kind of like the, 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 the grayish silver color of natural titanium. You know, um, I've got a couple pieces of jewelry, a watch and a, and a, and a ring that have, that are titanium and I like them, mm-hmm. you know, I just like that look. Um, so, so for me, it wasn't too hard to figure it out the only other option i thought about maybe was the what they're calling the blue <laughs> you know <laughs> and and i say what they're calling because quite frankly they all looked like versions of gray to me but but you know because it, it wasn't a blue blue it was a very gray blue <laughs> yeah so yeah i didn't want the blue i mean I, I i debated about whether i wanted the blue but really it wasn't a deep thought i i was pretty certain i wanted to go with the the natural titanium. Yeah. So, so in some other than Apple news, um, apparently Google has said that if you have a broken pixel watch, your option is to buy a new pixel watch. They're not even going to try to repair them. Have they ever? Um, I don't know that they have. I don't know that they have, you know, um, I know that I fix it does have a guide on how to like replace a, a cracked screen and things like that. So they obviously have access to some parts and, or, or perhaps maybe they're just saying you have to buy a, uh, you know, a non-functioning one and, and use that as a, as a parts device or something. Or, or if they let others repair it, then maybe they just refer you to a, somebody yeah. else. Yeah. Yes. I don't know what the, um, what the overall plan is there, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, I guess they're, they're not fighting your right to repair. They're just saying they don't want to do it. Yeah. You know, but unlike Apple, they don't have, you know, there's not a Google store you can take it down to. So if you did have to be through the mail, um, right. which, you know, I guess that there's plenty of people who don't live near an Apple store and that's how they would do it anyway. Um, but any, anyhow, it's a don't care to me. Yeah, you know, I've always kind of liked the Google Watch because I kind of like the round face. I kind of get tired of the square or the rectangular face of Apple. But, but um, you know, I mean, when I say liked, I like the look of it. And I had one that I used from when I tried using a Google Pixel phone for a month. Actually, mine was a Samsung watch. Um, you know, and it worked fine. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, compared to the Apple Watch, there was not a, a huge difference in functionality. But do you know, you know what Google charges for their Pixel? 
well, they, like the iPhone, there's not just a Pixel. There are, are multiple versions of the Pixel. Wow. So, um, you know, their high-end one is usually, I think, around, you know, like, a thousand to like eight ninety nine thousand to nine nine hundred to a thousand dollars something like that, but then oh. the low end ones are like four ninety nine. Yeah, uh, I, and it don't hold me to those numbers because it's been a yeah. while since I've really looked at them. Well, yeah, I would think if you spent that much for a watch, you'd, you'd expect. Oh, the watch the watch is is two ninety nine. Oh, oh, it's, I it's, thought you were talking about their um, their Pixel phones. Oh, oh, I no, I'm, I meant to watch. That's what we were talking about. Right, we were. You're right. I I leapt to because they okay. use the Pixel as a sort of a, a brand name for their personal electronics. So it's the Pixel Watch and the Pixel phones. Um, okay. So, yeah, I'm trying to load their page right now. It's not loading very well. Um, Perhaps the government has split Google up while we've been talking, <laughs> which is another whole other story. <laughs> um, so USB-C port, they said that the um, uh, that you know one of the things that the iPhone 15 will allow us to do is use the uh, iPhone 15 as a power brick to charge smaller accessories like your AirPods or your watch, assuming you have the right cable to attach the watch because you have to have the watch charger. And a yeah. watch charger from the USB-C port, which is what's shipped with the watch, I think, for the last two versions, two or three versions, yeah. is the USB-C charger for the watch. But uh, And that yeah. charges much faster, too. So. Right. That's the Series 7. But what they're saying is is it, it'll charge at 4.5 watts, which is not the higher speed for, yeah. like, the 7 and above. But in a pinch, if you're out somewhere and your headphones die or your... Um, your uh, uh, watch dies and you want to give a little juice assuming you have the cables with you you know keep yep. keep them in the glove box or whatever then you can charge that use your phone to charge them up if you don't have a little uh, uh you know portable battery to use to charge them up so i think it was last christmas or the christmas before i had found a portable uh battery that has a built-in of course it won't do me any good with the iphone 15 but it has a built-in uh lightning connector and then on the side of it, it has a uh, magnetic port for the watch. And so it was great because you could travel with that and it would charge your watch three or four times or charge your phone once. You know, what we need is a universal cable adapter with a little rotating end so that you mm. could have any connector you wanted uh, for either end. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and they sell those. They sell them. They sell little things that flip around, and or I've got one that's got a you know it plugs in like USB C at one end to your battery, and at the other end it's got like four different connectors, so you can connect it to just about anything. And yeah. I keep that in my in my little travel bag of you know you never know when you need to charge something, or if you've got a friend or a family member who's got something that's you know not what you have, and they want a connector so they can charge. You want to be able to help them out, so. So, but the idea of using my, I mean, I guess using your phone as a battery is great again, but you, you have to have, have the cable with you to do it. Um, I tend to, if I'm going to be doing something and I know I'm going to be there for a while and battery is a concern for me, bring a portable battery to charge off of rather than drain the phone. Because, you know, if I'm going to be somewhere like, you know, in my case at a swim meet or something for an entire day, by the yeah. end of the day, I may have things dying, and so you know I use the the uh, portable battery to charge them up, and that includes my phone. You know, it it 
can poop out. So yeah, it's it's uh, a little bit of a uh, com- complicated uh, thought to the, to think that you would take want to take juice out of your phone. I mean, you know, that's the most capable device you got. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, well, exactly. And so it's like, well, do I want to sacrifice time with this device in order to have that secondary device still working? You know, I can see it happening with the headphones more than with the um, with the watch, because if the watch is going to die, I could I would probably say, well, I'd rather have more juice with my phone than than and just let my watch die. Um, but the headphones, if I'm somewhere where I was using the headphones and they've died and I don't have any other means of charging them, then I would say, well, maybe I want to charge them up off the phone. So, yeah, you know, but I guess each, each person in each situation, you know, not everybody uses their devices the same way I do. So, you know, it's nice that you now would have the flexibility to do that, I guess, you know, it's. Yeah. Now, from my experience, when I was a kid, just about ever, all of my friends and my brother and I, we had these things from the old wall phones that you could turn the crank on, and mm-hmm. they really would shock you if you, you know, put your finger across the, the things. Uh-huh. And, and so I, I don't know if any of those are around. I, I, I don't remember what they called it, solenoid or Yeah, or well, it's like, like a, but, some kind of a generator, basically, right? Yeah. I mean, you know. But anyway, anyway, it would be kind of cool if they had one of those around because now you don't even need to plug it in the wall. You just you just put, crank crank put, it, plug it, it in yeah. and turn the crank. You know, <laughs> I I had an emergency uh, radio at one point in time and it had a small LED flashlight built into it and it charged by cranking. So if yeah. you were you know somewhere where your battery you didn't have any batteries and everything died, uh, and, and you know in an emergency like a you know a hurricane or an earthquake or something, you could still. Yeah still listen to the radio and see what the instructions were so that, you know, if you tried to evacuate, you didn't run into the middle of the, the problem. You run away, you know, know which direction to go, get some basic yeah. uh, information. Yeah, I, I had one of those too when we lived there in California. Yeah. 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 Put it in your earthquake kit, right? That's, yeah. that's kind of what you do with that stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I don't remember ever getting rid of it, but I have no idea where my crank radio is. You know, I, I could yep. say I, I I would go with the default answer. It's in a box. <laughs> it's in a box somewhere. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I remember well, when we, uh, when we uh, at one point when my daughters were little, we had moved and a lot of things were in boxes and I you know down in the garage, and so anytime we were looking for something, they'd look at us and go, "Daddy, it's in a box." Yeah, which box? Which? Yeah, like, yeah, but I don't have hours to go digging through boxes to try to remember what's in each. Of course, over time, you eventually open the boxes and figure out like what's in them and where they go. And uh, and I think when we eventually moved from that place, there was still a couple boxes we hadn't opened. And I said, if I haven't opened it in the five years I've been here, I don't need that box. (laughs) You know, <laughs> I did open it just to make sure I knew what was in there. You know, you don't want to. You know, he's like, I don't need that box. And then you go, oh, yeah, that's where we put. You know. Great, great aunt Helen's uh, jewelry or something. You know, you'd hate to have done that. But yeah. uh, you know, because I could see that's the kind of box I would say I don't need. But you know, my yeah. my family members would be aghast if I threw that away, which we didn't. By the way, we did not throw anything away. We never throw anything away. Yeah, you, <laughs> that, you, you, you got that gene from me. Your mother's the, just the opposite. She comes in my my room and starts throwing things away. Yeah. 
Uh, I bounce back yeah. and forth. I, you know, but I, I admit it. I'm not the best at throwing stuff away. I should, I should get better. I, you know, there's she's, just she's threatened much... to call that show that has the, uh, you know, where they have oh, the, the hoarders. Hoarders, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've seen your house. Yours is not a hoarder house. Those people, you can't walk through the house. Now, well, your office might be a hoarder office. <laughs> that's that's what it is. Yeah. And, 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 and I always catch the blame for that, but I didn't put half the stuff that's in here. <laughs> in here, yeah. I used to say that, except that now that my office is shack out back and it's separate from the house, I can't because she never puts anything out here. It's all mine. The only time she's ever put anything in this office is if, like, we were expecting people over and there was stuff that she just needed a place to, to stuff it temporarily. Um, yeah. And meaning, t by temporarily, I mean forever because she'd put it there and then it was my problem. <laughs> so so the iPhone did what we said it was going to do which is or what we we thought it might do is uh it, you can take spatial video but it's coming later this year. Yeah, yeah, it's so, not going to be in 17 the right. uh, OS. So you know, I've been thinking about the fact that the two cameras are you know like an, like an inch apart. You know, maybe two yeah. centimeters apart, as right. opposed to my eyes, which are, you know, four times that at least. And um, I think I get it because one of the two cameras that it's using is the wide angle camera, right? So yeah. if it's shooting 1080p video, and that's probably what they're going to say is it's 1080p, it's not going to be 4K. Um, uh, but even if it's 4K, when you shoot, on the sensor, on the wide-angle camera, you don't have to take the 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 uh, the pixels that are dead center. You can take That's the ones right. that are off to the right, which then makes it look like the two lenses were further apart than they are. Yeah. Yep. That's and what they're going to do. And because they have a distance, um, they've got the lidar thing to tell how far away things are. They can adjust how far off center they use the the pixels, right? Yeah. And, and so they can, in effect, by using a regular lens and a wide-angle lens, they can create a, a, an accurate representation of the focal distance between your eyes and, and the focal distance to the, to the subject with the LiDAR information. So um, I'm actually kind of excited to see how that all plays out. I it it'll work, but I don't think it'll work as well as if they were spaced. Oh, correctly. I agree. I think they're they're using some some trickery, and then they'll use computational you know uh, imagery to to clean it up and make it look uh, yep. really good. But I, I I suspect it's going to be good enough to fool us all really well. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Now that doesn't mean that at some point we might end up with a lens at either end of a phone, right? For shooting that with truly, you know, eye width separated cameras. Yeah. Um, well, well, the one thing is, you know, they talked about this camera as being useful as a video device. But in this article, they did bring up that they it's possible that they might give us a, a 3D picture. Right. And I hope they do. Yeah, there's I nothing stopping them from doing that. But you're right. I agree. Because that, well, you and I both remember Viewmasters. Right. You know, yeah. and that would be super cool. I will bet you money, too, whether Apple supports it directly or not, somebody's going to come out with an app that will be able to view these videos and, and or 3D photos uh, on your phone by putting it in a, you know, sort of Google Cardboard type of setup. Yep. I just, yeah, you know, 
we're going to be able to watch that without buying $3,500 headsets. Yeah. Um, and I think that's also something that's going to be cool because, like I said, if Apple doesn't do it, somebody else will because it's just a file format, you know, the, right. the video and the, and the pictures. So, you know, they'll, even if it's a proprietary file format, somebody will discombobulate it and figure it out. Yeah, it, 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 you know. it won't be there by Apple right away. But, right. Uh, yeah, because they want you to buy the, the headset, but uh, the, the Vision Pro. But, you know, and, and I think I haven't seen anything that talks about it. We don't know what the file format is. I would be surprised if they didn't use a, a, an industry standard file format for that stuff. You know? Mm -hmm. I mean, those, those standards already exist for shooting in 3D. Uh, yeah, you'd hope they'd use a standard. So, yeah. Although Apple's devices are going to outnumber whatever the standard is in a very short order. so Probably, yeah. And so I wouldn't be a bit surprised if they used the standard but maybe picked something more advanced than what most of them use. So it's a standard, but it's it's a ad more advanced standard in order. And, and, and when I say advanced, maybe, you know, a, a different type of or a better type of compression to keep file size down, things like that. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah, it just depends on uh, how good the standard is. Right. Yeah, because I mean that's going to be a concern for their for, from them from them is is how large are these files going to be? How much space are they going to take up on devices? And from what I understand, I was listening to somebody who's sort of a, an expert in professional video and stuff talk about the idea of 3D video. They don't actually record and store full data from two different cameras. They actually do on-the-fly calculations. One camera or the other is designated as the primary, mm -hmm. and then they store that video, and then what they do is they store differential data. They compare each frame and say what's different in frame A versus frame B, and they just store the difference. So the files yeah. are not literally twice the size of a regular video file. Right. Yeah. So, um, which I thought was interesting and, and obviously very smart you know, no reason to sure. store store the you know physical image twice. Um, right. You know, when they're going to be very very similar video, you know, just from a slightly different perspective. And yeah, can, and, and and the other factor they consider is what's the speed uh, of packing and unpacking. Right. That stuff, yeah. especially for the videos. I mean, the this you know just a picture is not a big deal, but right. A video, every frame's got to be. Uh, sufficiently uh, efficient that the video can play at a high speed and, and catch mm -hmm. everything, you know, yeah. clearly. Yeah, well, and Apple, you know, being being in control of the hardware that does all this is certainly going to make sure that everything plays and runs, Perfect. plays smoothly and, you know, perfectly, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're not going to... Uh, anyway, uh, I think we've done that one. Yeah, uh, so the next one up was Tim's favorite... Uh, color. Color. Which we talked about already. He likes yep. the natural titanium, and I'm with him. That's uh, my preferred. And, and the next two, we've already sort of mentioned that uh, Apple's deliveries are slipping uh, to November, October. Yeah, yeah. First. They, they said that that, <laughs> that apparently, like shortly after orders began, they slipped from September 22nd into mid October. And then uh, specifically for the Pro Max phones, they dropped into November uh, within an hour. Uh, yeah. 
so it, it, that apparently is the most popular one. And of those, apparently the natural titanium is the most popular color, uh, just based on what, you know, on availability. Um, uh, now that doesn't mean, you know, that could also be caused by, by, you know, volume of, of stock available. Um, you know, that's an interesting logistic that Apple has to guess at. Really, they do. Because they have, they have to project uh, what the numbers of every device that they make that they make yeah. will will require and right. put that order yeah. in. Not only, you know, who's going to buy the device, but which colors are going to be more popular, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you yeah, can't slap them together at the last minute. Yeah. Yeah, no, you've got to you've got to know what you're doing there and and guess as well as you can because otherwise you end up holding stock on stuff that you you know that you can't sell. Um, although I don't think that's you know it, they don't have that problem generally because they they all end up selling uh, selling faster than their their availability generally speaking at least with the iPhone. Um, with some of the other devices, maybe they have a little bit more of an issue there. But they still probably uh, do a lot of work on trying to figure out what the right ratio is of each color. You know, like there are some people who aren't going to buy anything but a black phone, you know, and so they know there's a certain percentage of people that are just going to buy a black phone. So they always have, you know, that amount of black phones set aside. And then there's people who like if there's any color whatsoever available, they're going to want that new color. Right. So those people right. this year would be the ones that want the blue phone, you know, um, yep. although that said, titanium is also a new color this year. And because they made such a big deal about the phones being made out of titanium, I think they probably would have assumed that a lot of people want titanium as well. So, yeah. um, I would think so. Yeah. So, like I said, that was my choice, was the natural titanium. So, yeah. anyway, uh, features of iOS 17. Yeah. New uh, stuff. Now, this one is, of the things that, that again, I think will be useful is is the guy says the standby is the most important by far uh, and and I agree with him uh, I, I happen to copy the, all the features little screen you know that they use at WWDC in June right and so uh, we don't have to say hey anymore just use the SIRI word right yeah which I'm not sure I'm gonna like we'll see I understand yeah. there's a switch for that so you can switch it back to the traditional Yo Shlomo instead of just Shlomo, um, yeah. you know, which is fine. Um, but I thought it was interesting. So yeah, and uh, another one has to do with tags finding it. Uh, yeah, well, it's got a, it's got the new U2 chip in it instead of the U1, so it's going to have a more powerful and more accurate um, ultra wideband location. Chip. Yeah, so location finding will be better than it was in the previous phones. Um, you know, whether or not that's something that you or I would recognize as being better or different, I have my doubts. Well, I lose my phone a lot, so I'll tell you. Yeah. Maybe that'll be my most important uh, yeah. feature. Yeah, from your watch. <laughs> Although when you use your watch to make your phone make noise, that doesn't use that ultra-wide band. That's not, you know, that's a separate oh, yeah. function. So, yeah, we'll see. I have um, an iPhone 14, and presumably I will be able to, you know, before I send it back, be able to do some some side by side comparisons, and so I'll do something with ultra wideband just for fun. You know, I've got mm -hmm. some some tags, so I'll I'll put a tag somewhere in the house and then go stand on the other side of the house and see, you know, how the iPhone 14 finds it versus how the iPhone 15 finds it, and I'll be able to tell you if there's a significant change. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'll play with that a little bit. Um, so. Uh. 
But anyway, uh, the I mentioned standby. I didn't talk about what it is. You can apparently customize what you want to be shown, but it's designed mm -hmm. so that if you put it on a charger stand with a uh, yeah, uh, in landscape. with it in the horizontal yeah. mode, it has to be in landscape mode. Yeah, yeah. turn it sideways. Then, then you get uh, those two displays, and they show a calendar and a clock yeah. uh, as the displays uh, normally. But you can change them uh, if, or if you like to have messages or whatever. Yeah. So you know when mail comes in or. Yeah, it's a customizable thing. By the way, I use an app called Nightstand that puts a clock on your screen and stops the the phone from blanking from going blank. And if it's on, so it's got to be charging. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and so if you charge your phone at night and you have a stand that you can put it on, you can use nightstand and put a clock there and use that as your, your not, you know, your bedside clock already yep. on any phone. And right. I like that app a lot, but we'll see if this is going to replace it. I think it probably will. Yeah, especially because there's people who will want different things on it. For example, if you use email a lot at, at your work, place you might have one of these on your desks you know because that's how people contact you yeah yeah although i don't know if i'd be yeah leaving on my desk i might run yeah. off and forget it yeah i steal my phone probably yeah. less email but but more like texting uh, yeah yeah but yeah you're right um the uh the, in fact it was funny the guy who wrote this article for cnet actually considered that a positive that he would get up and walk away and leave his phone behind sometimes. So he was less felt less tethered to his phone. Well, I can see that being as a negative, depending on where you're going without your phone, right? These phones, these phones aren't cheap. Maybe he's a rich guy and doesn't worry about it. Yeah. Well, or I mean, he figures work is a safe place, and if you work in an office that has a, you know, a door yeah. that closes behind you, it's like unlikely somebody's going to come into your office and take your stuff. But my thought would be more that I would now be somewhere and want to use my phone and I left it on my desk. Right. <laughs> you <know>? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like it's designed to come with you. That's the thing. So, yeah. you know, you have to get in the habit of whether it's, you know, if it's not staying in your pocket. Although I say that there's a lot of times when I go somewhere and, and I don't leave it in my pocket, I take it out and set it down, uh, you know, on a table or something. I, I have done that at restaurants, but I, mm -hmm. as soon as I realize what I've done, I generally grab it and stick it in my pocket because I'm yeah. so worried about losing it. Yeah, I have fear that it's going to fall out of my pocket, so that's why I usually, when I sit down, take it out of my pocket and set it, uh, you know, somewhere where I can see it or something that's next to me. Well, for me, um, it depends on what trousers I have on. Yeah, I have I have some that really slick pockets that that's easy to happen. For yeah, if, but I wear jeans more than anything, and they never slide out of jeans. Right. Because they're yeah. tight enough. And, yeah. Yeah. The materials are just such that it doesn't happen, and the pockets are shaped right. You know. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I've I've got some 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 clothes too, some pants, some shorts that that shorts in, in particular seem to be bad about that. Where if I'm wearing shorts and I sit down, it dumps out change, it dumps out my my phone. It's like, what's the point of these things? <laughs> Who designed this? <laughs> you know. Yeah. Clothing designers. Do you actually wear your clothes? Doesn't yes. appear, doesn't appear so sometimes, you know. It's like yeah. that's that's the ultimate uh, form over function, right? You designed it to make it look the way you wanted it to look, but it doesn't work. <laughs> the pocket doesn't do the one function the pocket is supposed to do, which is hold stuff. Yeah. <laughs> An auto dumping pocket is not something I ever signed up for, not intentionally. Yeah. 
Anyway, um, yeah, this this author is really, really impressed by the standby mode in using it both, you know, at night and at work. Um, uh, yeah, well, we'll see, you know. And along with that, he said that he he had finally decided to use the uh, uh, shortcuts uh, mode because it was much. It's been changed to be much easier than it used to be. He had never used shortcut before because the programming ability was so awkward. Right. So I'm looking forward to see that myself. Yeah, I'd like to see that as well because I have used shortcuts fairly extensively. Um, but then I don't do it regularly, and so each time I do it, I sort of have to relearn how to do it because it is complex enough to kind of you know, have to kind of walk through it and figure out again what you want to do, because it's not it's not like scripting. You're not writing out a script. You have to go use this app to kind of concoct a yeah a series of instructions that that will then be triggered by you manually or by some. Uh, and, you know, and, time or and, location or whatever. And it's not something you do regularly. So unlike a programmer who does it every day, right? Uh, you don't remember all the little deals. Yeah. Know? Well, that's what I said. I have to relearn it that's every time I do it because it's it's complex enough that it's that that you, if you're not doing it regularly, you're not going to remember how to get each thing to work the way you want. You know. Yep. So. Uh, I mean, it is nice that unlike scripting, you're you're prompted through the thing because it's it's you know it's basically a you know just kind of a procedural step map type of design, but it's yeah. it's uh, still not obvious and intuitive. So I'm curious to see what they've done to make it easier. We'll uh, see. Something that I had not heard anything anybody say about uh, anything, and I, I'm really happy to see it is. It uh, puts a level line in your camera viewfinder. So when you're taking a photo, it shows you what is level to to the ground. So yes, you... that's a pretty interesting way to use a level because then yeah. you have a re just a reference point, so right. then you can hold it up to whatever you want to look at and see whether it's level. Right, and I have that that has been built into a lot of cameras over the years. Uh, you know, ever since we had DSLRs, and uh, they, they've they've added that kind of feature into them over time, especially as we've gone to the um, uh, fully electronic cameras now. Uh, you know, those are just showing you a screen. It's real easy to put levels in there, and it's a feature on almost all of them, I think. Mm -hmm. So, uh, bringing it to the iPhone, I think I agree. That's that's a kind of a big that's deal a for some kind of a big deal for something that's kind of simple. Because, you know, I can't tell you how many photos uh, I've seen posted by people and they're, you know, they're not holding the camera level. It's crooked. It doesn't look right, you know. Yeah. And it, you can fix it afterwards. You know, you can go in and crop it. And, and, the, and the in what, when you go to edit a photo on your phone, one of the options is auto level. It'll even go in and try to draw a line and figure out what it is and fix it for you. Um, yeah. You know, but now you can, you know, fix it right off the bat when you're taking and, a photo, which I think is better. Another thought that I had is if you had your phone, uh, you, well, you'd have your phone there, but if you'd had a pencil or something with you, you could have a, a straight edge on the side of the phone to mm -hmm. make a line on a wall, you know? Yeah. Sometimes that's what you want to do so that when you hold what you're going to put up on the wall, you can see what's level, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've had a level built into the phone under... Um, measure or compass i can't remember which app it is but there's a measure app and a compass app maybe it's in both but you could then use your phone as a level so you could set your phone on you know on edge on top of something and it'll yeah. tell you if it's sitting level 
beeps if it's there, huh? Well, no, it just shows you a line on the screen and uh, just tells you if it's, you know, how many degrees off, off it is. And so if you're uh, trying to level, like, you know, if your television is sitting on the right. TV and it's not quite, or television sitting on the wall and it's not quite level, or you've got a, a, a painting or a photo on the wall and you want to make sure it's level, you could use your phone as a level instead of getting one that yeah. has a little, you know, air bubble you're, in a tube. You're talking about the app. Yeah, yeah, I'm saying it's built into the phone as an app. Now that, but you know, now it's going to be quick, much quicker and easier for people to see and use. I think on the uh, phone, right? Right. Like yeah. you know, if somebody's straightening a camera, someone else, or straightening a, a a painting on the wall, somebody else can just bring the camera app up and look at it and go, no, the left side needs to come up a little bit, a little bit, right there. That's it. And now you've yep. got it perfect. You know. Yep. So, another thing that I thought was kind of interesting that I had not heard anybody say anything about is that Reminders is now going to have the function of a grocery list built inside. And so, it's going to recognize brand names and it'll sort things appropriately into like produce and household items and bread and cereals. And, and so, what's nice about that is by sorting them by category, most stores are set up by category. So when you go to buy things on your list, you'll know, hey, when I'm in this section, I need to get these three things. And when I'm in this section, I need to get these two things. And I think that's actually very cool. Yeah. I've been using a standalone app called AnyList that does that because I like that functionality. Um, you know, now it's going to be built in. I don't know if I'll continue to keep my subscription with AnyList. Sorry, AnyList. Well, you know, you know what I always thought they ought to do is when you're in maps, the maps ought to always tell you if no, if you're in a grocery store and it can bring up your grocery app. Oh yeah, you know? yeah. You well, know why what? Why don't they do that? You know, they know where you are. I know that if it, that uh, Sam's Club does that for me, like when I, it doesn't automatically bring up the Sam's Club Club app, but it. It, when I get when I'm near or in a Sam's Club, I if I go to do like if I pull down on my screen to do a search, Sam's uh -huh. Club is always there when I'm near the, near the store. Uh -huh. So it's I don't I don't have to type in Sam's. I just I pull it down and I'm near there and it says oh you're near here tap it. So they must yeah. keep a little nugget of something running in the background that checks your location every so often and says, hey you're in a Sam's Club or you're near a Sam's Club. Do you want to come here? And um, you don't have Google Maps. I have Google Maps. I don't use. I just use regular maps. Well, is it Google Maps that's doing that, or is it Apple Maps? Um, I think it's probably just getting location from the phone, not using a map program at all. Oh. And so it's just getting your GPS location, and it knows. And Sam's Club is the one that does it. It's their app that oh, knows that it's you. in. It's you're within proximity to one of their things, and it doesn't like automatically pop up or get in the way but if i you know like i said if i pull down on the phone to do a search it'll show me sam's club is one of the ones that pops up if i happen to be near a sam's club because when i, I pull down so. to do a search it always shows like it's got what they call siri suggestions at the top and there's always a few apps there as uh -huh. them trying to guess you know you very often they're apps that i've run recently but Clearly, the Siri suggestions is also tied into location. I think that's probably a system function, the Siri suggestions. So if an app is tied into Siri suggestions, then it'll be suggested if you're physically close to that one of their, mm. their locations. So your grocery store just needs to get on the ball and write a better app. Yeah, probably. Yeah, because Sam's Club is the one place that I go where I'm shopping where I always bring out the app. Because I do their, um, they have a, a function that's called Scan and Go. 
And so I don't stand in line to check out. I use my phone to scan in items as I put them in my basket. And then when I'm ready to go, I just say pay and I pay on my phone and I walk out. And, hmm. and you know, when you leave Sam's Club, they have somebody who like checks your cart and mm-hmm. they, they scan the little uh, icon on my phone to verify what my receipt's supposed to be. And then they randomly select two or three things in my cart to verify that they're on my receipt. And then I go on my way. Hmm. And that's my biggest dis- dislike about Sam's Club is the lines that I have to stand in, and this fixes that. Yeah, yeah. So, but that means somebody else kind of has access to the to your phone. Who? How about the security? You said the guy checks it, wants to see what's up, what's on your phone. Phone never leaves my hand. They have a a hand scanner. They point it at my screen and scan my 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 screen, which shows my receipt on it. Oh. And then they scan, and then they read a couple barcodes in the basket to verify that, that oh, the I things see. in this, the basket match the receipt. Their app has the receipt feature. Right. When you pay for it, it pops up and, and gives you a, 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 it's not a barcode, but they have like a code that they, a, a, a you know, shape that they can scan that then gives them a list of, of okay, here, we need to verify this receipt. And they verify the receipt by scanning a couple items in my basket. You know, they don't scan all of them. They just, you know, it used to be they would stand there and if, and your receipt would say, your paper receipt would say this person bought 14 things. So they would look at your basket and kind of quickly try to count to 14 and see how many things you had there. Or if you had a lot of stuff, they would probably just wave you through. But uh, uh, this way, they just do a, a sample check. They randomly scan two or three things and say, yep, they're on the list. This, you know. Yep. That's I, cool. I suppose if they ever caught somebody, you know, with something in their basket that uh, that wasn't on their receipt, that they would, you know, kick them out or uh, or give them a warning and then say, if it happens again, we'll kick you out kind of thing. I yeah. Don't I don't know. <laughs> so last thing up is Samsung's home turf to see if foldable phones are really in the our future. This was another CNET article, and I thought it was real interesting because I know you've talked about the idea of liking a, uh, a flip phone type of phone for, you know, if Apple had one. But apparently, what they did is they uh, the, the, the author uh, went to uh, Seoul, Korea, and said, you know, just going out and hanging out looking to see what kind of phones people had, flip phones are everywhere in Korea. So, but, you know, honestly... When they started talking about why are flip phones in Korea, there was one answer and one sort of non-answer, for me anyway. One was people liked that it was more compact. They liked the flip phone because you could take a standard bar phone and fold it in half. Mm -hmm. Now, that's also more thick, so I don't know if that's an advantage or not, but they apparently seem to think it was. And then the other reason that I thought was not a reason was because it's cool. Yeah. (laughs) You know? And... And and I looked at that and said, okay, so one group of people said, well, I like it because it's a fad. And and the other group of people said, well, I like it because it's more compact. But it's not well, really taking well, up kids, less. Kids will do that. They want to have what their friends have. Sure. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But they, you know, it's, it's, they, they said, you know, those who said they want, it was smaller. It's like, well, but it does, it's not really smaller. I mean, it's more compact in the space. But it's taking up the same amount of space. All you've done is, you know, made it, it's, it's half as tall and twice as thick now. So, yeah. you know, is that a positive? I don't 
personally, I don't see that as a positive, but you know, somebody might. Like if Apple offered a a flip phone today, I, unless somebody can point out a more compelling reason than those, I don't. I wouldn't buy it. I just stay with the the current phone. You know, personally. Now, the other way that flip phones are in being used is not so much as a flip phone, but as a fold phone using using Samsung's language. Their fold phones are open like a book, and it's like a current bar phone, but twice as thick. And then yeah. you open it up, and you have a twice as wide screen. And yeah. I have seen somebody that I know that uh, works at the same school that I have have one of those, and they had to pull it out, flip it open, and then try to interact with it sort of tablet-style-ish. Um, that didn't appeal to me at all either, but I guess, you know, some people who, who need more screen space, it might. I, they have a video in that article that I thought was kind of interesting where somebody was flipping stuff and you're watching this stuff scroll through that curve, and it was kind of interesting to see it go suddenly go up from the, the bottom right. side, you know, and, and then down also. So you, when you scroll through a flip, you know, th or through a corner, <laughs> yeah, I've never seen that before. Right. It's fascinating. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I know one of the pitches about the flip phones is that you can half open it and set it on a surface and then use it to take a picture. So it you know it'll sit up by itself, whereas a wow. standard bar yeah. type phone won't do that. Yeah. Stability. Yeah. So I mean, if you. I guess if you're somewhere where you, and you're one of the, if you're a person who likes to take a lot of pictures of yourself, if you're you're big into selfies and you want a more stable platform that you can set somewhere and then step back and get yourself in the picture, then you know that makes sense rather than have to carry a tripod or some sort of stand or something for your regular phone. Yeah. But so. that's probably the only I don't know. To me, that's the only compelling thing is, okay, well, that might make sense if you wanted to, like, take pictures. You know, like, if I was on vacation, that might be handy. Yeah. You know. Or, or, or they could put a stand like they do on the uh, app or the Microsoft tablet. Yeah, the, yeah, exactly. The little uh, kickstand in the back. Or a lot of cases yeah. have that kind of thing built in where you can, you know, set it and yeah. hold it up. You know, or you could do the incredibly weird, strange thing, and that is, you know, make a friend and say, "Excuse me, could you take a picture?" Hey, you know, you talk to somebody there. You yeah, know. some 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 people can't do that. When uh, <laughs> last last December, when my brother and I went to go see the Rams play the Packers in uh, Lambeau Field at Lambeau Field uh, in the evening before the game, we were walking around and. They have a, a, a title town area that was set up near the near Lambo. We were just walking through that area, looking. They had of ice skating and and sledding down a hill, and all kinds of stuff going on. It was very pretty and all lit up. But they had a a, a section that was clearly was sort of set up to take pictures in front of this like sign, uh, and so. We stopped and took pictures, and everybody was just taking turns taking each other's pictures. You know, you'd hand somebody your phone, they'd snap a couple pictures, and then you'd get your phone back and take their phone and snap a couple pictures of them. And, yeah. uh, you know, yeah, you had to actually speak to people, but it was fun, you know. And then you'd ask people, like, where are you from? Or, you know, how far did you come to get here? Because uh, there were a lot of people traveling. Of course, it was, you know, Rams, so there was a lot of people in the L.A. area like us. Yep. Uh, yep. And uh, now I will say, 
I am from the LA area, but I am a Packer fan. I am a Packer owner, proud. So, <laughs> yeah, and it was one of Rogers' last games with the Packers, and we did beat the Rams last year. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> anyhow, um, you know, you did miss. You did skip one article, Todd, right above the last one. What did I skip? Tesla Powerwall. Oh, how did I skip that? You're right. I don't know. So Tesla's announced Powerwall 3, so, but they won't ship it until next year. So it's coming out in 2024. They didn't say specifically when in 2024, I don't think. But uh, I, I put that in there because I thought it was interesting. I've always liked the idea of even if you don't have solar, it makes sense to have a, uh, a battery wall like that, I think, in some levels. Especially if you're in a place where, where you know, if you live rurally and your power is intermittent because of of long runs of power poles and things um yeah. you know this way power goes out your batteries run your house for a while yeah you know uh the only thing <clears throat> you know the solution that uh, was supposed to be offered by tesla for this is they had entire roofs that were electrified and this was sort of in conjunction with that so that you had the collectors but yeah, i the think solar the city most, thing yeah the most most people prefer to get a regular type of panel and put it up there rather than a, the yeah. roof because the tiles, I, I don't know if it was expense or what, but don't seem to be successful for some reason. Yeah, they're still selling yeah. them. You can still buy um, uh, roof tiles that are solar panels. But yeah. I think part of the issue is is that a typical solar panel um, uh, has a lifetime and it's not as long as a roof lifetime. So do you want to redo your roof with expensive tiles when your solar starts going flaky, or do you just want to put solar panels well, up separately? Well, it's, it's obvious that they have tiles that are matching that are not solar, Todd, because your oh. house roof is going to be not facing the sun, and then right. those, those will go to waste. Right. So, so yeah. I don't think that's... Uh, you know, what you suggested, an expensive replacement. Well, no, but I mean, you're still going to have to replace part of your roof tiles. The ones that are either that or you just say, okay, well, I'm only going to have solar for a certain amount of time. And then they're just going to be regular roof tiles from then on. Because if the if the solar functionality is not as long lived as the tile itself is, oh. then then you're going to have to replace them at some point. I got you. I got you. That's what I was. The point I was trying to make is that you know, it, and and I don't know these times, so don't hold me to it. But if a solar <laughs> panel is good for ten years and your roof is good for fifteen years, that means that you're going to have flaky electrical power for five years, give or take. Most right? people wait for about twenty-five for most roofs. Exactly. So how long do solar panels last? Do they last twenty-five years? No, I don't no, know. No, they're the ten-year warranty. See? Right. And so instead of just having to replace panels, now you have to replace your roof. And yeah. you say, well, they sell, you know, ones that for the side of your house that's in shade most of the time that happens to be, you know, in the northern hemisphere and facing north, uh, you use regular tiles that look the same, but they're not actually solar tiles. But there's nothing saying that, you know, 10 years from now that they're going to be selling the exact same model and that they'll match. So you maybe then have to replace the entire roof anyway, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. So, you know, unless you're going to buy solar tiles to replace your roof, you know, buy 150% of the tiles you need, keep keep 50% in your garage. So when the other ones die in 10 years, you can, so when the uh, solar ones die in 10 years, you can replace them. That doesn't sound like a plan either. So, yeah. 
Yeah. I actually looked into those, and um, my roof won't support them. They're heavy. Uh, so. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, depends where you live uh, as to what you would choose, but I would much prefer, if if I had enough wind, which I don't where I live, mm-hmm. to have a the, the new newer uh, type of blades for wind uh, power, uh-huh. uh, I think, are ultimately going to win the war on this thing because uh, they, they're easier to repair, replace, and you can get a lot more power usually out of them if you have a decent wind. Yeah. And, and it blows at night well, as well as the daytime. It's just not steady. Right. But uh, if, you're, if you're collecting it up in a battery panel like the, like, you know, the idea that um, the Tesla's put forward with these power walls, yeah. um, then, you know, it, you, you're, when it's blowing, you're collecting it, whether you're using it or not, right? Especially right. if it's blowing at night, you're probably don't, not using a lot of power in the middle of the night. Um, yeah. And so, uh, uh, you know, if you're stockpiling it that way, that makes sense. Yeah. You know? I, I think ultimately uh, the... Uh, New home construction will start to include, you know, one type or another of power collection. Uh, yeah. California of- passed a law. I don't know that it's gone into effect yet, but all new construction is required to have solar on it in order to take take uh, a load off of the um, off of the power grid. So new homes will be required to have solar. It's just built into the home, which... You know, whether it's solar or something else, I think that probably makes sense, like you said, to start doing it that way. Um, what they didn't say is that are they required to have a battery to store it. So they'll be putting power back out onto the grid, but it may or may not get used depending on, you know. I guess in California, the primary time when power is used is when it's really, really hot out, which is when solar is the most effective, right? Because the sun's beating yeah. down on you. So yeah. depends on where you live. Yeah. So, anyhow, uh, I think the solar power wall setup that Tesla has for their car is uh, also very useful because now they've integrated the car charger and stuff with that, <coughs> which most people would have, uh, you know, if you're going to have the power wall. Right. <coughs> yeah. Yeah, and I don't know if they do it. I know some of the other electrical vehicles out there have done it too, where where the you know this power wall functionality, you can use your car for that too. So like if you've got the right kind of charger set up, it goes two ways. So if the power goes out, then the battery, the charge on the battery in your car will provide electricity back into the house, which kind of makes sense. If you've got a set of batteries sure. using there, why not use those to power your house if you don't need your car right now? Of course, that means if one of you has to leave, the other one has to sit in the dark, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, most people that, that have uh, electric cars, by the way, uh, still have uh, a gas car. Yeah. Because because it really only makes sense for commuters that have or, or fall within the range of the, of the uh-huh. uh, home yeah. and, uh, and they get charged overnight. Yeah, no, I it, I I totally understand that. I, I've said several times I'm very interested in the idea of an electric car, but I would never have that as my only car. At least not. I shouldn't say current with current technology. I wouldn't use that as an only car. Yeah. So, anywho, I don't probably think I'll buy one, but 
Yeah. Because I'm not. We're not working anymore. Yeah. Yeah. You're not I, commuting. Well, I mean, you think about it. You know, going to the grocery store, going to church. Those are all. Yeah. You know, those are things that an electric car could do really well for you. Yeah, you know, they could. You you don't get in your car and go on uh, long vacations. Right. You know? Right. Right. I mean, the furthest you're going to go on a vacation yeah. would be, I would say, to the airport. But you don't. Mom doesn't fly, so you don't do the airport either. So, <laughs> but you go to the airport to pick up people coming to visit you. So, yeah. yeah so electric car might make sense for you guys, but it, it might. But I'm you know I'm probably going to quit quit driving before that. Yeah, time I was going to say yeah. The 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 amount of driving that you do and 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 the distances that you travel. Could make sense, but you've got a perfectly functional car right now. I don't see any reason to change it. And it's a 2017, so I figured that, you know, it's mm -hmm. typical time is after over 10 years old, then, mm -hmm. you know, then you consider it. But I, I'll yeah. see. That's about that's about what I'm thinking about. Stop yeah. it. <laughs> you, you had told me once before, and I, I, I remembered this, you know, when I was a young young man, I think you had said, that you typically buy a car three to five years old and you keep it three to five years, that after about eight years, the maintenance becomes uh, somewhere in the eight to 10 year range, the maintenance becomes more expensive than the than than just getting a new car. That's for somebody that uses it right But like exactly, exactly. Somebody who's driving it every day to and from work. And, but see, I don't, yeah. I don't put enough miles on my car. It's still very... Yeah. Very good up, up to at least 10 years. Yeah. Yeah, and and it's funny because you know using a time measurement probably doesn't make sense because it really should be measured in like miles on the car. Right. But but you know time measurements, you know, you figure an average of what depending on where you live somewhere between 15 and 20,000 miles a year on a car depending on on where you live and you know. I think in yeah. California people commute further to work than a lot of places. Um Yeah. You know, yeah, 2017 makes my car now about eight years old. Yeah, and I have a little over 50,000 miles on it. Yeah, see, <laughs> yeah, and that car in Southern California for a worker would be probably twice that. Yeah, oh, way more than that. Yeah, if not more, yeah. So, so, any, anywho, uh, I think we've just about. Got it covered. Huh? Yeah, we, we went through the rundown. We talked about everything we were going to talk about. So um, so at uh, 10 o'clock my time and 1 o'clock your time, we can start downloading iOS 17. So next week we can talk about that. And then I should also have uh, in hand an iPhone 15 Pro Max uh, by the time we talk next week. So exciting yeah. stuff going on this week. That's great. That's great. Yeah. And uh, so we'll keep you posted. So, anyway, I, I, I did post one article that you didn't want to comment on, and that was Apple's claim to a, a carbon neutral watch. Oh, and, I, it wasn't they, that I didn't want to comment. I just forgot about it. So, yeah. It, it, anyway, the reason that was given is that the, that means that they absolutely do not put their watches on a boat. Yeah. Well, or but but it, you know, I mean, or an airplane, you know, I mean, unless you're going to sail it, you're going to sail it over here, you yeah. know, which you know they're not doing. They're, they're not using wind power to get it here. No, it's uh, it's exactly what you and I had talked about, which is that in order to get carbon neutral, they have to they have to play it's, some games by talking it's, about it's carbon credits. Carbon credits, yeah. So it's really an accounting game more than it is an actual carbon neutral game. They're just saying we're going to, uh, you know, try to put. Uh, 
good karma back into the system essentially it's but, it's but, but, it, but it depends how you can how you talk about carbon see i think they're saying a carbon neutral watch that means the watch itself doesn't have any you know thing in it of the yeah they're saying that and it's only certain models of the watch uh, with certain bands. But if you get yeah. the right model and the right band, then they're saying it's a carbon-neutral product. But the way they're getting to carbon-neutral is they're using carbon offsets. In other words, they're paying for, uh, you know, for uh, carbon-free uh, energy for other things. Yeah. And so Apple is taking some of that solar energy that they're using and, and applying the, the, you know, and they're selling it back into the system for somebody else to use. And then they're taking that dollar amount and offsetting against the cost of using things that produce carbon on the watch. And yeah. again, it's a, it's an accounting game. It is not a carbon free watch. And that's a little disingenuous of them to say so, but that's a game that the, that, that a lot of companies have played to, to basically sell into uh, a a market well, of people who really really care about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're doing what what, what they can. Yeah, I, I absolutely. I'm not knocking it. I mean, I, I, more power to them. And if they can continue to build good products at, at a competitive price and do it in a fashion that creates less pollution rather than more pollution, yeah. absolutely do it. There's no reason not to. You know, I mean, it's yeah. it's it, it, you'd be foolish not to. You know, it's when it costs you more to do that and it and it makes you uncompetitive, then you have to th say, you know, if we're uncompetitive and it's costing us more to create something than the next guy and we're not able to make a, a reasonable profit at it, then as a business, it's 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 immoral as a business to do that then because you're in the business of being in business. And if you're going to go out of business by making choices, then that's the wrong thing to do. But that's yeah. not the case in, in in this instance. They're able to do it, and and so yay, you know, good for them. Yep. Okay. Uh, oh, and you put up here the French uh, iPhone 12 radiation oh. problem is no longer uh, yeah. uh, a big deal because somebody else has pointed out that it. Uh, I guess it was one of the Sweden the, or the Dutch. Somebody <laughs> Dutch. Yeah. Have, have said that uh, it's fine with us. Yeah, they went oh. like we looked at it and it, we didn't see any problems, and and Apple basically came back and said, yeah, we don't see any problems. We think you guys are measuring in a weird way. Uh, Except they did a software update, as if that's going to matter. But, right. You know. Well, that's all they're <laughs> going to. And you know what that what that software update is going to do is it's just going to say let's re re decrease the amount of power we're sending to the antenna, which means yeah. that our connectivity is not going to be as good as what it could have been, you know. Yeah. And if and if people complain, Apple's going to say talk to your government. Yep. <laughs> you know, and my question is: Is if the iPhone? They, they said the iPhone 12. They didn't say the iPhone 12 Pro. They didn't say the iPhone 12 Mini, which was you know, which one? Yeah, so it was How left many phone, open. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, and and did the iPhone 13 or the iPhone 11? You know, I mean, it. it they said they tested a, a few hundred, uh, 130 or something phones, but. You know, is it is this something endemic in Apple designs, or is it just this one? And what about this one is so randomly different from the others that's causing issues? I don't know. I, I the whole thing seemed a little questionable to me, but uh, you know, I'm gl I'm glad that somebody's checking things like this. Yeah, I, I, Apple just doesn't want to. They want to overcome the negative publicity in a way, yeah. so that it doesn't affect their sales. Sure. Yeah, but yeah. as they pointed out, this is a phone they haven't sold for 
you know, two years. That's right. So, That's right. or three years at this point. Um, so, you know, it, it's and and in fact, if somebody there uh, that already is an owner of one uh, wants to believe this, they'll you know they, they either replace it with an iPhone or somebody else's phone. Right. But uh, Apple can probably make the case very clearly that they don't haven't. Uh, they probably have checked the the later models, and they're better. Uh, they, yeah, know, they didn't publicize them, so they're okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and like I said, Apple even questioned their measurement process to begin with, saying that that they thought it was dubious that there was a problem there to begin with. That they were trying to make some, you know, a mountain out of a molehill. Um, yeah, you know. But I'm glad there's watchdog organizations within governments in the world that are checking these kinds of things because well, yeah. those are the kind of things that fall through the cracks sometimes, you know, when, when devices being engineered where they thought they, you know, they were solving problem A, B, and C, and they didn't realize that there was a problem D that they didn't even see, you know? Yeah. And so having yeah. somebody double-checking well, your work is not a bad thing. Well, my guess is, given the oldness of this model, is that they're just now getting into the business, so that they've gone back far enough that they, yeah, you know, when there was probably more likelihood of a problem, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, as I said, I think we we had talked when we first this first broke. We talked about it last week, and you know, some of the earlier iPhones, the energy level used to make the connection to a cell tower was significantly higher. Uh, and that's why they originally had antennas that went up away from your head uh, because they were concerned about that. That was an early issue with iPhones and concerns because the amount of power that was being used in order to reach the iPhones. And so subsequent generations of cell technology going from, you know, first generation, second to third to fourth. And now we're in our fifth generation of cell phone towers. Um, you know, the amount of power that's required has been reduced while the signal integrity has been increased. Um, and so, um, you know, that's something that, that has, you know, try, they've tried to get better and better as, a, as an industry. Um, you know, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if we find out that it's still not the, necessarily the safest thing to have your phone up next to your head all the time. So, Or, or in your pocket. There were two places of testing. Yeah. And it, the 12 had passed the pocket test. They just yeah. didn't pass the head test. Right. Yeah. So... But yeah, it's funny because I think about that stuff. Yesterday, I was uh, I had I was watching football games and I could not get my beloved Packers on television, but I do have NFL Plus so that I could listen to it on you know the radio feed, and so I had my phone laying on my chest playing the radio feed, and I thought about that. It's like okay, your phone is laying right on top of your heart. Is that a smart place for your phone to be? <laughs> you know, yeah, probably not. Yeah. So I, I thought about it and I moved it, you know, and said, okay, well, maybe I shouldn't have it laying right there. Yeah. Well, I, I do that just about every night. Yeah. With your phone not, laying not, right on you. Yeah. Not for very long, but I, yeah. you know, I'll lay it, lay it there while I'm reading or doing yeah. something with it. Yeah. And this was sort of the back half of the game. So I, it was maybe, you know. But, but just. See, I don't even worry about the head test anymore because I have uh, electrified earphones and it goes directly to my ear. So oh, I don't yeah, your, your hearing aids, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and the hearing aids um, give you stereo feed, so they're, they're talking to each other via Bluetooth. Yeah. So, or they each amplify independently, I guess. They only give you the Bluetooth when you're using them in Bluetooth mode, right? 
Well, that's uh, that's how they're connected. Right. Yeah. They're, so, they're... so yeah. So yeah. Yeah. If that's going to cause problems for people with hearing aids, then there's going to be a whole bunch of people who are going to have problems at some point. But, um, you know, most of the people who have hearing aids, not all, but a lot of the, I would say probably the majority of people, are elderly people. So. You know, the majority of their life, they didn't have these radios up next to their head, right? Yeah, it's just you young know? kids are going to grow up having radiation over their entire life. You know? Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if there's some <laughs> feedback with that, you know. And there are, you yeah. know, there there are people who have hearing loss who are, you know, younger. And so they're using yeah. hearing aids for long periods of time as well. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and they, you know, he, they wear hearing aids much longer and for more hours in the day than you do a... Um, you know, AirPods. Right. You know, um, but they're getting them so small; these things can almost get lost in your ears now. I mean, yeah. I've got the ones that are actually mounted in my hearing, or in my ears. But I'm expecting that you know, after another five years, if I if I live that long, they'll probably replace them with the little tiny ones that go, you know, yeah, that hide down in the ear canal. Yeah. Yeah, they have a little a little plastic thing that sticks out so you can grab them. Otherwise, you couldn't get them out. You'd have to get somebody with tweezers. That's right. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's amazing, amazing what miniaturization's done. Yeah. Yeah. And again, the amount of, of energy to communicate back and forth goes down and down as size goes down and down and battery size goes down. And it's, it's, it really is amazing. It is just, you know, you can just watch all yeah. these industries advancing. Yeah, it's it's uh, the last ten years of my life, or all our lives, has has been uh, phenomenal. Well, fifteen years, let's say, because the phone came out in seven, right? Yeah. So, anyhow, I'll see you in a week. I guess that's right. We are done for the day. We appreciate you all listening, and we'll be back next week. Bye, Todd. Bye.